We welcome you back this evening and hope that what has been planned for our study tonight will provide knowledge and that that knowledge will be transferred into daily obedience. I'm going to take us to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. Colossians 1, verses 9 through 18, in just a moment. So, what do you think about when you hear the word kingdom? Do we have a good understanding of what the Bible says about the kingdom? I hope we all do. Are we faithful citizens of the kingdom of Christ? I hope we all are. Because these are very important matters. We need to know what is taught in the Bible. We need to review it. And we need to make certain that what we know from the Bible shows up in life day after day. Colossians 1, 9 through 18. Colossians 1, 9 through 18. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. That's Colossians 1, verses 9 through 18. So this was written by the Apostle Paul to the Christians in Colossae. And I want you to focus on how Paul describes their conversion. What happened when they obeyed the gospel? I'm at verse 13. Their obedience to the gospel delivered them from the power of darkness and translated them into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In the English Standard Version, transferred into the kingdom. Some of you have the New International Version, brought into the kingdom. That's well stated. 
So we are to understand this is something that God does for the person who obeys the gospel. They are brought into the kingdom of Christ. So I should apply that to me and you should apply it to you if this applies. If you heard the gospel and you believed in Christ, repenting of your sin, confessing your faith, when you were baptized, this is what the Bible says happened. You are brought into the kingdom upon your obedience, transferred out of darkness into light, the light of the king, living now under the authority of the king, therefore in the kingdom of Christ. Now, this movement is not a physical move, rather a spiritual change in your spiritual location, in where you live, in what you're all about. You were living in one domain, dark. Now you're living in another domain, light. So that when you obey the gospel, you are transferred from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of Christ where light for life resides. But do not just take my word for it. Listen to Paul. Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. I discovered something just today. The New American Standard Bible has come out with an update. And I have their New Testament, the one that was just recently published. Uh, it's not in large print, I guess you are able to discover. But I thought this was good in Colossians 1.13. Rescued from the authority of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So a transfer of living under the authority of Satan in darkness to living under the authority of the King, the Son of His love. So I say again, if you've obeyed the gospel, you are a citizen in the kingdom of Christ now. You're living under His reign. And that's what we're going to explore tonight. We want to be certain we are where we need to be in both knowledge and practice. First, I believe it will serve a good purpose to speak for a few minutes about this word, kingdom. Here's what we do in Bible study in dealing with words and definitions and context. You start with the general meaning of a word. And then we set that meaning into the context in order to learn what the specific use of that word is in the context. So let's do that with the word kingdom. A good working definition of kingdom is rule, rulership. Now, after you have that general definition, you look into the context where you find the word. And you're looking to answer two questions. Who is ruling... And who is being ruled? So you start out with that idea of rule, and then you look into the context and inquire who is ruling and who is being ruled. And that way you're able to know how the word is used in that sentence, that passage 
or that context. Now let's do that. In Matthew 12, 26, I'll give you time to go there. Matthew 12, 26. Now remember the process. We discover what the general definition of the word kingdom is, and then we're going to ask who is ruling and who is being ruled. And we're going to do that now in Matthew chapter 12 and down at verse 26, where Jesus said, And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself, how then will his kingdom stand? Now, the word kingdom here means rule, all right, but the reference in this passage is to the rulership of Satan over those who voluntarily are subject to him. So this is not the kingdom of Christ in Matthew 12, 26. This is not the kingdom that one enters when being baptized. This is the kingdom you leave when you're being baptized. The word kingdom in Matthew 12, 26 is not the church. It's not heaven. It is the kingdom of Satan. It is Satan ruling those who have allowed themselves to live under his authority in darkness. Now, the word kingdom in Colossians 1.13 has a different context. The definition of the word is still rule. But the ruler and the ruled in Colossians 1 have to do with people who have voluntarily put themselves by obeying the gospel under the rule of Christ. And they're living in the kingdom of Christ. And so it is Satan's kingdom in Matthew 12, 26. In Colossians 1, 13, it is Christ's kingdom. Therefore, while we can define the word kingdom as rule, we must then use that process and see what that word means and how it's used in the context. We cannot argue, therefore, that the word kingdom always means the church. It's not the church in Matthew 12, 26. We have to apply good use of the definition within the framework of its context. So, who is ruling and who is ruled? That's information that you're always going to gather from the context when you find that word. Now, of course, the kingdom I'm talking about tonight is the kingdom of Christ in Colossians 1.13. The realm where people live under the rule of Christ. And I want us to recognize that many years before Christ came, the prophets of God spoke of this. When he came, he would be exalted as king over kingdom. A king over a kingdom. The kingdom being composed of those who put themselves under his rule by obeying the gospel. For example, in Daniel chapter 2, Daniel described things that would take place during the time of the Roman Empire. 600 years before Christ, Daniel lived and gave his prophecies. Under conditions hostile to his faith, he spoke what God revealed to him, saying in Daniel 2.44, 
in the days of those kings, that would be the Roman kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. Daniel said in the time of the Roman kings, God would set up an everlasting kingdom. That's a prophecy that looked to a future kingdom. And by the way, in this context, Daniel chapter 2, the prophet speaks of other kingdoms that would not last. The Babylonian kingdom would not last. The Medo-Persian empire would not last. The Grecian empire would fall. And the Roman empire would fall. But he says that God would set up a kingdom unlike the fragile empires of men. That would never be destroyed. If you're a Christian, that's where you are. You're in that kingdom. Those who listened to or read Daniel's prophecy expected God would set up a kingdom in the days of the Roman Empire, in the time of Christ and the apostles. You read in the New Testament about that kingdom. And that kingdom is composed of people who put themselves under his rule. There's the prophecy of Joel that is a fascinating study within itself. In Joel chapter 2, verses 30 to 32, I'll read a part of that. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem... There shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, and among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Now that's Joel chapter 2, verses 30 to 32. I want you to be finding your place now in Acts chapter 2. So keep these words in mind that we've read in Joel 2 and be opening to Acts chapter 2. And here's the background. After Jesus ascended back into heaven, the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, before a huge crowd of people, Peter said to the people, citing the prophecy of Joel, he said, this is that. This is what the prophets were talking about. Peter cites the prophecy of Joel. I'm in Acts chapter 2 at verse 16. But this, Peter's talking about the events of Pentecost, this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Now, look from 17 down to 21. In many Bibles, it's going to be indented or italicized because it's a quote from Joel 2. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on your male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Listen to this. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be, does that sound familiar? The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In my New Testament, the references, Joel 2, 
28 through 32. So I think what Peter is saying is what you read in Joel is now coming to pass. God set up a kingdom that would never be destroyed, a kingdom we are part of as faithful Christians. So Daniel, Joel, Isaiah chapter 2, David and others in the Old Testament, Psalms chapter 2, said God would set up a kingdom that would never be destroyed. And Peter got up on Pentecost and said, this is that. And he speaks of Christ sitting on the throne. That was the throne those prophets mentioned. I'm convinced by the evidence of prophecy and fulfillment that when God said he would establish an eternal kingdom that would never be destroyed, that became a reality when Christ ascended back to the Father and when people began to live under his rule. Those who live under the rule of Christ are called the kingdom in Colossians 1.13. They're called the church, another term in Acts 2.47. They're called the body in Ephesians 1.23. So, here's another way to approach the subject of the kingdom. Just think of Jesus as the king and those who live in obedience to him are his kingdom. In the New Testament, Jesus is presented to us as the king. Let me give you a couple of references. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 15 and 16, it says, Which he will display at the proper time, he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. In Revelation, Jesus is likewise depicted as the king. In chapter 17 and verse 14, a passage, I believe, states the whole premise of the book of Revelation. They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them, for he is Lord of Lord and King of kings. And likewise, in chapter 19 of Revelation... And in verse 16, similar reference, King of kings and Lord of lords. So, if you believe Jesus is the king and you've responded to him with the obedience of your heart, you become a citizen in his kingdom. And you stay there by continued obedience. He rules in your heart and in your life. You are one of his subjects in this kingdom that will never, ever be destroyed. See, the New Testament describes people who live under Christ's authority with various terms, each with an emphasis to help us understand our relationship to God through Christ. His people are the church. And in that language, we are those who've been called by the gospel. His people are the body, and in that imagery, in that language, we are members, and Jesus is the head. His people are called the household, and in that language, we are a family held together by the common Father through Jesus Christ. So, when Christ's followers are called the kingdom, Jesus is the king who reigns now over us, his people. Now, remember from Colossians chapter 1, 
That's how Paul describes conversion. When you obey the gospel, translated from the realm of darkness, the authority of Satan, into the authority of Christ under his rule. That's our relationship with God, if we are Christians. Now, there's another passage that I know some of you have already thought about. In John chapter 3, do you remember the man who came to Jesus and, and had questions? John chapter 3, you may remember this in verses 1 through 5. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. If I want to know what it means, this new birth, being born of water and the Spirit, here's what I do. I just keep reading into the book of Acts. And I discover that when people repented and were baptized for the remission of their sins, they were being accepted into the kingdom. So, let me wrap some of this up. Let me wrap some of this up. Don't let somebody throw you off with the idea that the kingdom of Christ does not exist yet. Don't let somebody throw you off with the idea that the kingdom of Christ does not exist yet. You may hear someone on TV or find someone on the internet and you may read something or hear someone say that the kingdom of Christ has no present reality. It will be set up in some future time. But you know that cannot be so, because we've examined the prophecies, the fulfillment, and the statement of Paul to the Christians in Colossae, that they were citizens of the kingdom of Christ, and we are citizens of the kingdom of Christ now, if we live under his authority, his rule. And I want us to consider what a privilege to be a part of something, God planned that Christ reigns over and Daniel said it would not be destroyed. There is no promise that this nation will always exist. There is no promise that this nation will always exist. But you can be a part of an everlasting company of people who belong to God, who are redeemed by Christ, and who will dwell eternally in peace and safety in heaven. If you've not obeyed the gospel, you can be born again into the kingdom by your response to the gospel of the grace of God. If you've heard that message, 
you believe in Christ, you're willing to confess that belief, give up all your sin, you can be baptized and brought into the kingdom. If you need to offer such a response to God, we hope you'll do so now while we stand together to sing.